0: Hello, Dork Squad! I'm Jonathan Cormer, and you're listening to Dork Tales Storytime, the podcast for kids and their pop culture-loving grown-ups. And this is an inspiring story about a hidden hero of history. It's a beautiful day for a story, adventure and glory, new friends and old ones too. It's an excellent day to get swept away in a tale. So, folks, listen up. Uh, Crenshaw, my fox friend, uh, would you grab those water bottles and lay them out on the table? Oh, thanks. Oh, and uh, Pinecone, could you scramble into that notch uh, halfway up the tree over there? Yes, I, I think one of the branch sisters left some nuts and seeds that they collected so that we can top off our snack packs. <laughs> yes, just over there. No, no, don't eat them. Just bring them down to the table. That's it. Oh, hey, Mr. Reg. Why, hello, Jonathan. Boy, your hovel is really hopping. Yes, it is, isn't it? What plans are you cooking up today? Oh, I'm just helping Dr. Featherman. The Folktale Forest's resident doctor? Yes, yes. I'm helping him organize our fifth annual Amble Through the Bramble. Do you remember? It's the annual community walkabout we do to encourage health and wellness. Of course I do. That's amazing, Reg. Uh, Dr. Featherman says this year's walk will be a real hoot. (laughs) Get it? Because because he's an owl. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good. So, uh, is there anything I can help with? Hmm, well, we do need someone tall to help us hang up all of our banners. I'm on it. Uh, yoo-hoo, Dr. Featherman, I found a friend to hang our banners. Who, who? Oh, Jonathan, he is quite tall. Oh, welcome, Jonathan. I didn't know we'd be seeing you today. Oh, I'm happy to be here. I love the amble through the bramble, and I'm glad I didn't miss it this year. Mm, yes, quite right, quite right. It's so important to focus on well-being, on our own and as a community. Hear, hear. I think that's awesome, Dr. Featherman. I know how much you care about all of our fine forest friends. The utmost. You know, your work and how much you wish to help other people... Reminds me. Oh, I know where this is going. You've reminded him of someone, Dr. Featherman. Really? Who? Oh, He's about to tell us their story. Whose story? Uh, the person you remind him of. You will leave quite inspired. So, Jonathan, who is it that Dr. Featherman reminds you of? I'm not that predictable. Oh, come on, Jonathan, spill. You know you want to. Well, I guess if you insist. It's just that you reminded me of a pretty amazing hero from history named... Dr. Kazue Togasaki. Dr. Togasaki was one of the first Japanese-American women to become a doctor in the United States. She was born in 1897 in San Francisco was one of eight children, and her parents owned and operated a successful shop in the city. A community right within her own family, then. That's right. She was also described as strong-willed by her family. I can relate to that. You most certainly can, my friend. For example, Dr. Fitherman, one time, Jonathan insisted it had been me that left little muddy paw prints on the floor of his home. But I firmly denied that accusation. And in the end, we both agreed that it was best to assume another hedgehog had been the culprit. <laughs> yes, that's one interpretation of Strong-willed. Uh What inspired Dr. Tokasaki to join the medical profession? Ah, an excellent question. She was nine years old in 1906 when a devastating earthquake and series of fires occurred in San Francisco. Afterwards, she helped her mother, who was part of an effort to turn their church into a makeshift hospital. They took care of the wounded, and she went to hospitals with other Japanese-American women to act as their translator. And this uh, sparked her passion for becoming a doctor? That's right. Her experience during the 1906 earthquake inspired her and much of her family to go into medicine. Mm, Yes, I can relate to feeling the call after seeing someone in need. Mm, What inspired you, Dr. Featherman? Well, I saw a little fledgling bird just out of the nest who hurt her wing while trying to learn how to fly. I accompanied her to the forest doctor at the time to get her all bandaged up and healed. Watching her soar into the sky after was a triumph. That's wonderful, doctor. So, Dr. Togasaki was drawn to helping people at a very young age. What happened next? When she grew up, Dr. Togasaki received a degree in zoology from Stanford University, but struggled to find work as a Japanese-American woman. Why ever for? Do you remember the other times we've talked about prejudice? Ah, yes. Hmm, prejudice. Uh, What does that mean? Prejudice is when someone discriminates against another person or a group of people based on their race, gender, or other similar factors. That's right, Reg. And Dr. Togasaki experienced prejudice when kick-starting her career. She was accepted into a nursing program at a children's hospital after her time at Stanford and finished at the top of her class. Even with this accomplishment, she was still not hired. I couldn't imagine. She decided to leave San Francisco and go to medical school in Philadelphia at the Women's Medical College of Pennsylvania. This was the second medical institution in the world established to train female doctors. After receiving her degree in 1933, Dr. Togosaki moved back to San Francisco, where she started a practice, bought a home, and began to live her life as a doctor. Excellent! Well, that was a lovely story in the end, wasn't it? Starting her own practice in everything. You have your own thriving practice as well. The day I hung my sign on the door of that hollowed-out tree, Featherman, your friendly forest physician, All patients welcome. (laughs) I'm getting weepy just thinking of it. (sighs) Thank you, Jonathan. Well, there is more to the story and her incredible accomplishments. (laughs) And I was already feeling so inspired. And I think to truly understand this next part of her life, we may need to refresh ourselves on World War II and Japanese internment camps. We learned about this during our discussion about the sculptor, Ruth Asawa. That's right, Reg. As Jonathan explained it to me, Japanese-American internment happened during World War II, when the United States government forced over 100,000 Japanese-Americans from their homes to live in internment camps. These were places where individuals' rights were restricted, and they were not allowed to leave. It was an unjust and unfair response to the attack on Pearl Harbor. Well, that does not sound very welcoming. Dr. Tokasaki was first relocated to an assembly center, which were holding areas where people waited to be placed into more permanent camps. The assembly centers did not have livable conditions. Oh, I will bet my feathers that Dr. Tokasaki tried to make those centers more comfortable. Spot on. She set up medical facilities so that her community could receive basic medical care, vaccinations, and support while giving birth. In fact, in her first month at the center, she delivered over 50 babies. <laughs> 50? That's right. In the camp's first days, while things were still chaotic and disorganized, Dr. Togasaki had to perform an emergency delivery. She asked onlookers to tear off a laundry room door so she could use it as a delivery table. It is unfortunate that the centers were so unfit for living that she had to improvise in such a way. I concur, Dr. Featherman. She did need to be resourceful in order to save lives. And she did it in more than one place. Dr. Tokasaki was moved to several different centers and provided the same care and leadership until she was released in 1943. And afterwards, she returned to San Francisco and continued to serve her community for 40 years. She delivered thousands of babies. Surely you don't mean thousands. It was thousands indeed. She opened her home to patients that needed extra support. And she also treated people even if they were unable to pay for her services. In 1970, she was recognized as one of the most distinguished women of 1970 by the San Francisco Examiner for her good work in the community. Hmm, a well-deserved honor. She did all of this extraordinary work before eventually retiring at the age of 75. Oh, I must say, Dr. Togasaki is a new hero of mine. See, I told you you would be inspired. And how right you were. Oh, joy of joys. Another great story to begin our day of taking good care of ourselves and one another. I'm just so happy I could be here to help kick off the amble and hang the signs. Uh, By the way, does this look even, Dr. Featherman? Look, Jonathan, I'm a doctor, not an artist. <laughs> so true, so true. Oh, looks like I was hooting up the wrong tree. Oh, hooting! Ha <laughs> ha oh, you were indeed. It's just that I never want to be a know-it owl. <laughs> know it all, You know, instead of (laughs) know-it-all. Oh, what a punny day! (laughs) Uh, you know, Dr. Featherman, Reg is probably going to be indisposed for a while. Yes, our hedgehog friend does love a good pun, doesn't he?
1: Well, does he ever.
0: Uh, Here, I'll help you set up the balloons around the finish line. Thank you, Jonathan. I wouldn't want anyone to wing it. <laughs> You're unstoppable, Dr. Featherman. Or should I say, unflappable. That's a good one. Hidden Heroes of History is a John in Character production. This story was written by Molly Murphy and performed by Jonathan Cormer. Sound recording and production by Jermaine Hamilton at Hamilton Sound Studios. Reach out to us on Instagram or email us at Storytime at gmail.com. Find links in the show notes or go to dorktalestorytime.com. Now, go be the hero of your own story, and we'll see you next, once upon a time.